0: girl welcome to woman talk to god wttg i am your host sean owens woman talk to god is designed for christian women especially new christians as my guests and i will be chatting it up about foundational biblical principles to help us live a healthy christian life thank you for tuning in and joining us on this christian journey friends, and welcome back to Woman Talk to God Season 2. I am so excited about this season as you guys will get to hear from some amazing men and women of God. Our first guest this season is Ashley Holston, a sweet sister who I have seen display a genuine love for God, His Word, and her family. Ashley is a godly woman with a godly passion to see godly justice. And today on the podcast, we will be chatting it up about how sound doctrine produces right living. Thank you, sis, for making time out of your busy schedule to chat it up with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yay! Me too.
0: (laughs) So, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, like Sean said, my name is Ashley. I was born and raised in Northern Virginia. I'm still here now. I... I'm here with my husband, Jeremiah, and our four kiddos. My oldest is Naomi. She's six, and I have a four-year-old named Benaya, a three-year-old named Gabe, and the baby of the family is Karis, and she's almost one and a half. So right now, our life is just stuff surrounding the kids and involvement in church and stuff like that.
0: And it is beautiful to see how you... um how God has given you much grace to do that uh, with your kiddos and husband and church and how you juggle it so well.
1: Praise God. How did you come to faith? Well, by God's grace, I was raised in a Christian home by two believing parents and they both love Jesus, still walking with Jesus to this day. Mm. Um, We're just such a great example of what it looks like to follow Jesus um, from a young age. To be honest, I'm a little foggy on the exact moment when the Lord saved me. But here's, here's when I was about five, I remember being in Sunday school and the teacher was up in front of the class and she was sharing the gospel message. At the end, she gives a little invitation and says that if anybody believes this message um, and wants to accept Christ then raise your hand. So I raise my little hand and she takes me outside the room and she shares the gospel with me one more time and I professed faith in Christ. I was Mm. baptized and that was that. So that could easily be the end of that story. But in hindsight, it's kind of crazy. What is so clear in my mind is one of my motivations for raising my hand. At the church I was attending at the time, during communion, they served oyster crackers for the bread. And so, week after week, <laughs> uh, the uh, communion plate was passed over me, and I would see those oyster crackers, and I would just really want one. So, <laughs> so I totally remember hearing the gospel. I really remember wanting those oyster crackers. But I mean, you know, I was five, you know, what are you, I'm not sure what was expected, but fast forward to like five or six years later, we're members at another church. And the pastor is going through a series on heaven and hell. And he asked the question, if you were to die today, do you know where you would be? That question was just so unsettling for me. And long story short, I once again professed faith. I was baptized again. And, you know, to this day, I'm not really sure if that unsettledness was due to a lack of assurance or what, because I truly can't think of a time when I didn't believe the gospel or when wow. I didn't love Jesus God, the word. So I don't know, but I do know that God knows and I'm walking with Jesus now and I'm believing the gospel by the power of the spirit now. And so that is enough for me. Wow, sis, you know, that's our prayer for
0: baby Glow that she will come to to know Christ at an early age. <laughs> so I think um, yes. by God's grace, it's such a beautiful story of how you came to faith. <laughs> well, um, today, as I had mentioned earlier, we're gonna speak about how, right doctrine produce right living. So what is sound doctrine?
1: You know, this topic of sound doctrine really is an important one. And so I'm glad that we're getting discussed it today. And I think it's most helpful to define what sound doctrine is by breaking up the word. So let's start with the word doctrine. Doctrine simply means teaching. In the Bible, you'll see different types of doctrine. You read about the doctrine of demons the teachings of men, and then, of course, the teachings of God. so on, you know, while we're talking, the teachings of God. Now, when I think of the word sound, what comes to mind, I get this picture in my mind of a house. Now, when a house is being built, before you add the frame and before you add the roof, before you're putting windows and doors in there, what's the first thing that you're going to lay? You're going to lay the foundation. And so in my mind, yeah. so I'm thinking about when the house is starting to settle and time is passing and storms are coming over the years, what you're relying on is the sturdiness and the steadfastness and the firmness of the foundation, the soundness of the foundation. And so that's the word picture that comes to mind when I first hear the word sound. Now, when you jump into the scriptures, we know that it wasn't originally written in English, it was in Greek, and we can gain even more clarity on what that word sound means. So in the original language, we get our word hygiene from that same word that sound is. So when I'm thinking of hygiene, I'm thinking, well, like cleanliness, um I'm thinking of brushing my teeth twice a day. <laughs> Basically anything that involves staying in good health and that's really what's meant by sound. Sound teaching is healthy teaching. It's pure teaching. It's clean teaching. That's what sound doctrine is. Wow, sis, that was so good.
0: <laughs> Why does sound doctrine matter?
1: Well, without sound doctrine, we're not really able to know what our purpose is, and thus we're not able to fulfill our purpose in this world. So really, the, the eternal state of our souls is hanging in the balance based on how we're responding to doctrine, namely sound doctrine. So I've been teaching my kids some catechism questions, and this is what the first three of them say. The first one is, who made you? And the answer is God. What else did God make? All things. Why did God make you and all things is the third question. And the answer is for his own glory. I think like the grown up version is in the Westminster Catechism. And the question is, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is what our purpose is. So I'm sure it seems like a little disconnected, but from sound doctrine, but hang with me. If we know that God made us and if we know that we're made to glorify him and to enjoy him, for me, that's going to bring about a whole bunch of other questions. Well, how did God make us? How are we to know him? How do we glorify him? Answering these questions requires sound doctrine and it requires absolute truth. And that's only found in the scriptures which we know are inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that we're going to get the full storyline of scripture, where we're going to learn about creation and the fall of man, how God redeems his people and how he's going to restore all of creation when Jesus returns. Um, if, we aren't in, we don't, if we don't have sound doctrine, if we aren't resting and relying in truth, then we're missing the core of what sound doctrine is giving us. And um, yeah, that affects our eternal soul. We can't add to that. We can't take away from it because it's all resting on the saving work of Christ. Mm. What does sound doctrine lead to? What does sound doctrine lead to? Well, throughout the New Testament, and especially, I think you see it in the epistles, we see that there's really clear distinctions between the life of an unbeliever Versus the life of a person who's repented of their sins, believed the gospel, and the Holy Spirit is now indwelling them. If you're going to put it in theological terms, you'll use the words orthodoxy and orthopraxy. So orthodoxy means correct teaching, and orthopraxy means correct practice. So think about like an orthodontist. Like you go to the orthodontist, they put braces on your teeth for the purposes of Correcting your teeth. They're trying to straighten it out. They're trying to fix it, put it into proper alignment. And you get that similar picture with these words orthodoxy. You're getting the correct, you're straightening up your teaching, make sure it's lined up and that it's right. And then that leads to orthopraxy, the correct practice. And we're going to be living the way that we're supposed to be once our doctrine is where it's supposed to be. So throughout the spring, um, some women at my church grew. Titus. And I'm most familiar with the book from chapter two, where it talks about being a Titus to woman. And in the beginning of chapter two, it talks about um, Paul is telling Timothy to teach what accords with sound doctrine. So I was familiar with the book from that. But now I see the book through a whole new lens as I understand the theme of it, which you see in chapter one, verse one of the book. And I'll just read a portion of that verse. It says, Knowledge of the truth accords with godliness. Knowledge of the truth accords with godliness. So what is truth? It's the gospel. It's sound doctrine, healthy teaching that's from God, about God, to the glory of God. Knowledge of that truth, of that good news, is what leads to godliness. They're two sides of the same coin. So you can't have one without the other. It brings to mind the book of James, where you'll see the whole dynamic of how works accompany faith. And it's not so much that we're proving our faith by our works in the sense that we're justified or made right with God because of our works. Rather, God has done such a radical work in us in salvation that there's literally no other option than for us to be and live as changed people. Some other scriptures that come to mind are 1 Corinthians 6, where he walks through this whole litany of sinful lifestyles and behaviors that exemplified what our BC or before Christ's life was like. And then he moves on to that phrase that we all love and such were some of you. So that no longer typifies the life of a Christian. Colossians 3, we are reminded that Christ's finished the work of our salvation and we are in him Christ is our life because of that now we're putting off the things in which we once walked and we're putting on the new self Ephesians 2 it's another one that comes to mind i love this one it talks about how we're dead men walking until Christ makes us alive mm. we only use our free will to carry out the desires of our flesh but now that we are alive in Christ, we're walking in the good works that God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. And I mean, there's so many <laughs> scriptures that I could share that point to the way sound doctrine um, changes us. That's what it leads to. It Sound doctrine leads to us living changed lives that look like Christ. Mm. We just aren't the same when God saves us. Amen. We are different people. I mean, we might be in the same skin and the same body, but our hearts are no longer hard. He's changed a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. When we once were opposed to God, now we want to draw near him to him. We want more of him. So that's the work that he does in salvation. And we only are able to know that through sound doctrine. So it's so important for us to understand that. I think what, what I think the struggle can be as Christians at least for me. Okay. So I'll speak for myself. I know in different seasons, I have struggled to see how the behaviors that I was living out were aligning with what scripture said. So for example, as a parent, I've just been seeing it so much when I am slow to hear and I'm quick to speak and I'm quick to anger. I'm just reminded, wow, this is not the fruit of the spirit. I am not, you know, what I'm doing is not lining up with the work God has done in me. But that's when I, once again, I need sound doctrine. I need the truth that I can run to that because Christ finished the work on my behalf and because sanctification process, I'm able to run right back to the cross and repent yes. of the sin. And he forgives me and he empowers me to the next time I'm wanting to respond impatiently with my children, then I can remember, oh, I need to be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. The Lord brings that to mind by his spirit. And so even though we know that sound doctrine produces right living, we know that it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And we know that God is going to complete the work that he started in us, but he is working. He is doing this ongoing work in us. We just need to be careful if we're every, if we, I'm sorry, if we ever find ourselves in a place where our behavior isn't aligning with the teachings of scripture and we're comfortable with it mm. because it's one thing to, like struggle in our sin and we're fighting our sin and we're trying to kill our flesh. That's one thing. But it's a completely different ballgame if we're in our sin and we're comfortable in it. We're just sitting in it. We're not trying to go anywhere. If we do feel any prompting, we're not responding. Um, scripture in different places tells us to not harden our hearts when we are, feel the conviction of the spirit. And John, first John tells us that if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, then we're lying and we're not practicing the truth. So we have to just make sure we're evaluating whether or not we are struggling in our sin, yet still trying to follow Christ or whether we're staying comfortable with where we're at. As long as our trajectory is towards conformity to the image of Jesus, then I think that we'll we'll see that we're on the right path.
0: Wow, Ashley, I did not know, like, should I also put in your intro, you are a teacher? Because I was like, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> listen? God, hey, listen, I'm teaching
1: myself too. The Lord is using this for me just as much as anybody else. <laughs> did she
0: just give us a mini sermon? Like, that was so good. <laughs> so, what um, My next question is, like, who determines what is right? You know, we live in a culture where um, that is a question that's constantly um, given pushback on as far as who determines what is right and what is right living.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I could give you the Sunday school answer. You know, the right answer, who determines what's right living? The right answer is God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wrong. Um, because as Christians, we do know there is an absolute truth. There's no your truth and my truth, especially when we're talking about the gospel, Mm -hmm. the way we live is inextricably linked to what we believe about God, what we believe about him and what we believe about what he shared of himself in the scriptures. Um, yeah, he's giving us the example of how to live. Jesus shows us in, um, I'm thinking of Philippians 2, where we read about how Jesus humbled himself, um, becoming the God-man, how he was obedient to the Father to the point of death, um, and how we're to follow in his steps, as 1 Peter 2 tells us. We can only know what that is, though, if we're opening up in the Word, and we're reading the Word, and we're studying the Word, and then applying the Word. As far mm. as um, not being one, as far as not wanting to be told how to live, I think that goes right back to the fact that um, we're just once again showing that there is a need for sound doctrine because there is an absolute truth. Um, Just because, I mean, we're just reinforcing the fact that we're all sinners, that we're all born opposed to God, born opposed to him and his way, and that we always see ourselves and what we're doing and our ways as right. Right. So instead of thinking about, you know, living your truth, speaking your truth as Christians, we should be focused on living and speaking the truth, which is sound doctrine. And it's given to us by God. Otherwise, we're just preaching and teaching ourselves and we're not preaching and teaching Christ crucified. Mm. So we have to be instructed by the scriptures and not just want to respond how we might want to fleshly. I mean, I know for me, if I'm, if someone comes to me and I'm speaking as a Christian, if someone comes to me and is correcting me about something and I'm responding pridefully, I might want to be like, well, who are you? You know, who do you are? Who do you think you are Yeah. to tell me how to live? And I might not say that out loud, but that might be my heart posture. And then I might want to get defensive and say, well, here's why I'm writing what I'm doing. And Here's why you're wrong and presuming this about me. But because I have the spirit inside of me, assuming I'm not quenching the spirit, <laughs> <laughs> I can not respond according to my flesh. And instead, I can evaluate what the person is saying. First um, Thessalonians five, test everything and keep what is good. Hold fast to what's good. So I can hold the counsel that's being given to me up against scripture, up against sound doctrine, I can see what lines up and what sound I keep and apply that. And what is isn't, you know, let it go. But um, yeah, the the world doesn't want to be told um, how to live. um, But I think that just shows once again, it just proves scripture is true, man is opposed to God. So good. How do we guard
0: ourselves from following legalism versus allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in our hearts? Like, you know, I think that um, that could be a, like a to some people a thin line that they could possibly trying to um,
1: fall into if they're not careful. Yeah, absolutely. And I I say, yeah, I'll be responding to this person as a to this question as a person who struggles, has struggled with legalism for sure. Um, I think it would be helpful just to define legalism though. And I would describe it as adding to what scripture says to attain godliness or favor with God. And that's why, I mean, just thinking about that definition, trying to at- attain favor with God. I mean, that's why we need sound doctrine because we know when we study the Scriptures. We can't, we cannot attain favor with God. And the only reason we have a relationship with him is because of what Christ has done. We have the righteousness of Christ. And so we can't, we can't do anything to please God more or become more godly. But when we're holding fast to sound doctrine, there isn't any room to hold on to anything else but to scripture. And so that leaves us free to live spirit led lives um, that are in conformity to scripture. That verse I mentioned before, First um, Thessalonians 5, about testing everything, we can evaluate our actions and the actions of others through the lens of Scripture. So, for example, if there's a gray area, a somewhat gray area in which someone might be exercising their Christian freedom, but you feel a conviction against it, what legalism does is hold that person to your standard, even though Scripture doesn't call them to that. The fruit of that, that fruit of legalism is always self-righteousness. Wow. So when we see self-righteousness springing up in our hearts, that can be a good indicator of whether um, we're being legalistic and whether we're feeling like, oh, I have more favor with God because I'm not doing that, but you're choosing to. And that kind of attitude shows us that we're, you know, being legalistic versus allowing that freedom where scripture allows it. On the flip side, you, let's say we have that gray area again um, and you see someone that you're doing life with on a path that's leading to attitudes and actions that are contrary to scripture um, in, this, in this gray area. So in the spirit of Matthew 18, you can certainly call that person to account. Lord willing, they'll receive your words with humility and take that to heart. And also, if we're on the side of, of the person that needs the correcting, hopefully we will be responding humbly as well. Um, if we're on that receiving end, the whole point being the actions that we're doing should always be fruit that's coming from the work God has done in our hearts, not actions that we're doing out of our own strength so that we can appear more holy to other people or to try to gain favor with God.
0: Oh, that was good. (laughs) Thank you, sis. (laughs) Um, because again, I just know that, um, coming from different churches, that could definitely be a struggle. But how does church community encourage right living?
1: Oh, man, I can't say enough about church community. It is so important. And church community is truly a means of grace that God has given us. And um, I just I really don't know how it would be possible for us to live out this calling to you know to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called without church community. Um, Hebrews 3 um, there's a verse that says exhort one another as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So there's this call for us to be around those be in community with people who are going to hold us to account. <clears throat> Because when we're walking on our own by ourselves, even if we are thinking, you know, I want to follow Jesus, I want to look more like Christ. But if we're doing it by ourselves, we are easily deceived. The heart is wicked. We, we can't think that we will not stray away just because we want to follow Jesus. Mm. Our hearts are deceitful. Yeah. And we need people around us who are seeing things that we might not see and who can call us out on it. And we are called to do that for other people as well. So I know for me in my own life, I'm just I'm thankful to be in a church community where people are transparent about their lives, not not only sharing the high points of walking with Jesus, but the struggles. The way seeing people wrestle with the the sins that they might have, seeing people faithful to obey the Lord is so encouraging. And then having a smaller circle of people that I can go to about my own issues. Cause I've got plenty, I've got plenty <laughs> and I need people to point me to Jesus. And when I'm struggling to submit to my husband or when I'm struggling with being patient with my kids or when I'm just, you know, not wanting to obey and I want to be lazy. I'm like, someone please tell me that I need to do X, Y, Z because um, I mean, I'm, I know that I need to, but I, I don't want to do it. So just tell me I need to do it and give me some scripture. Mm. So, and just knowing a text and that there will be a response about, you know, Ashley, this is what you've been called to. And this is what, you know, your life should look like as a Christian and just being exhorted to follow the Lord. Um, I don't know if I would have grown to even the point that I'm at right now without having solid community around. So I just can't encourage that enough that if you're not in faithful gospel preaching community to get plugged into one, And to get into life with other people, allow other people to get into your life. um, Because I think that's where we see the gospel lived out Mm. the most well. Well,
0: before we close out, one of my favorite part of the podcast is asking our guests, what is your favorite scripture and why?
1: So this is such a hard one for me because I feel like in different seasons, the Lord uses different passages of scripture to minister to me or to convict me. So I don't think I have a favorite. I know that's like the cop-out, but I will, what I will share is what the Lord is currently using in my life. Cause I can't even say it's a favorite. Oh God's word is so good. It's so hard. (laughs) Um, But I love the book of James. Um, I, yeah, the whole book has been so good for me. Chapter four um, about what, causes fights and quarrels among you and it being your own passions that war within you weren't has you been really helpful for me as a parent.
0: <laughs> weren't you um, memorizing that at one point in time?
1: Yes. Yeah. So uh, last year I started memorizing the book of James and I got through chapter two and then kind of fell off. And actually about a month ago, I picked it back up, um, the memorization portion, trying to finish out the book. Um, yeah, Lord willing, in the next few months, I can finish memorizing it. It's just a book that I absolutely love. So yeah, yeah, it's a great one. So James is a book that I love. And I of late, I really have been going back to uh, in chapter one. Um, I'm sorry, I I wish I, my mind literally just went blank. So I'm (laughs) opening my Bible And uh, where it says in verse four, let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And the Lord has just been reminding me in this season that um, I need to let steadfastness have its full effect. I need to sometimes sit in the trial or the struggle that I might be in and allow the Lord to do the work that he is trying to do in me, whether he's pruning stuff out of me or seeking to mature me. I need to let that happen. Let it have its full effect. Then I, I will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, so, yeah, that is something that I've just been sitting with um, in recent weeks. Well,
0: thank you for sharing that. The, again, the reason why that's my favorite piece, because I believe that when we share um scripture with one another, we don't know the effect of what it how it encouraged someone else. And this is again a very dear piece of mine because I'm always encouraged hearing our guests as far as how they share what is their favorite scripture and why. So that was very encouraging, sis. Yeah, praise so. God. So how can our listeners find you on social media?
1: Well, I am on Facebook and on Instagram. My Facebook is just my name, Ashley Holston. And my Instagram is the same, (laughs) Ashley Holston. (laughs) Um, I think the handle is AD Holston. Um, So, yep, that's where I'm at. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for teaching
0: us today. (laughs) It's been an honor to have you on the podcast.
1: (laughs) It's been a joy to talk with you and to even – study through this topic again it is not something that you can ever grow old or graduate from so i'm thankful that the lord gave me the opportunity to study it again
0: well thank you so much sis bye girl Bye. well until the next time my prayer is that we continue to see our need for our savior live in community and live a fun free life in christ And because we would love to hear from you, if you have any ideas or topics that you would like featured on this podcast, please connect with us via our IG page or Facebook at Woman Talk to God. Bye, girl.